Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Nikaq de masno, dukhe dil ka marham. Nikaq de masno, dukhe dil ka marham. Ye farma gaye hai Rasool-e-Mukarram. Ye farma gaye hai Rasool-e-Mukarram. Nikaq de masno, dukhe dil ka marham. Nikaq de masno. दुखे दिल का मरहम ये फरमा गए है रसूले मुकर्रम ये फरमा गए है रसूले मुकर्रम after 11 Central African time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh ahalan wa marhaban bikum it's a beautiful Tuesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name on this, mashallah, warm, sunny Tuesday morning. Uh, my beloved listeners of Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company, and uh, uh, my beloved uh, listeners of Marqa Sahaba, uh, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah, Wal Jama'ah. I want to welcome my beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop. Uh, he's not looking too good, but he's smiling. He's okay. That's better. <laughs> Remember, our WhatsApp number is 0847863132. International overseas listeners, plus 27847863132. Let's welcome our beloved Ustad on this Tuesday morning. The bliss of marriage. Ustad, it's a beautiful morning. Welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته بارك الله فيكم عرفات جزاك الله خيرا. There's a sister wants to know, Ustad, are men or women allowed to wear rings on their fingers? Anonymous, Ustad. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswali ala Rasulil al-Kareem. Amma bad. All praise due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Obviously, that men and women will wear rings on the fingers. They're not going to be on their toes or something. But nevertheless, so remember the hadith is mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif, he, Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told Sayyidina Ali, radiallahu an, Nahamni Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, an albasahu fi hadihi wa hadihi. You can't wear it. You must remember in the index finger or middle finger or thumb. If you're wearing the ring, you wear it in the ring finger or the little finger. So that is for the men. And it must be a silver ring and not gold. Gold is haram for men. One day he, Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Wasallam, came out. And in his right hand, the Mubarak hand, the Master Wasallam, had genuine gold. And in the left hand had genuine silk. And said, Huma haramun ala dhukuri ummati. That the genuine gold and genuine silk is haram for the men of my ummah. The hadith is authentic in Mustad Ahmad, Mishka Sharif, Ibn Majah, various compilations. So we carry on, you must remember that. So the men will weigh it in the ring finger or little finger, not in the middle finger, not in the index finger, not in the thumb. And it must be silver only for the men, but not exceed 4.85 grams of silver. The hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. Second one, for the women, they wear gold ring, genuine gold or genuine silver ring. For women to wear imitation jewelry, that is permissible. But imitation rings are not permissible according to Hanafis. Shafis and them, they're flexible on that issue. But remember, Hanafis say only gold rings and genuine gold that is and genuine silver. And the women can wear it on any finger. So that is the summary of the whole discussion. Somebody says, Ustaz, please provide a dua, dhikr or action. One should read 
performed to remove fear, concerns, worry, grief, etc., for getting married. I assume it's normal. Shukran, Ustad. Remember, your question is about the hazy that you want to get married and you're not married or you are married and now you are worried and so forth. So whatever the circumstances are, all these duas will help you. Surah 21, chapter 21, and that is in the 17th Supara, Surah Anbiya, verse number 87, and that is, La ilaha illa anta subhanak, inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. Truly there is none worthy of worship but him all, Allah, but you, ya Allah, and everlasting glory, perfection is for you. Inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. I am the wrongdoer. When we translate it for ourselves, the translation will be, I am the tenpot dictator, I am the sinner, I am the transgressor. All that meanings will be acceptable. And then Allah Ta'ala gives us guarantee, Ambiya prophets and messengers don't commit sins, they make a mistake or there's an error in judgment. So Allah says, we remove the worry, sorry from him, Nabi Yunus Allah will remove the worry, sorry, anxiety, remember from people also. So read it abundantly, La ilaha illa anta subhanak Second dua that read, remember this of Nabi Ayyub that when you worry and you are getting sick and ill and so forth, so read in the same surah, same chapter, surah 21, verse number 83. Wa anta rahimin. Oh Allah, this calamity, this catastrophe, this distress has afflicted me. Whilst you alone, Ya Allah, you are the most merciful one to show mercy. Next one, when you think your whole world is falling apart and everything is going negative. First dua, Nabi Yunus alayhi salam. Second dua, Nabi Ayyub alayhi salam. Third dua, Nabi Nuh alayhi salam. Chapter 54, verse number 10. Fada'a rabbahu, he called his sustainer, Narisha, Anni maghlubun fantasir. Oh Allah, that I am overwhelmed, overpowered. And Ya Allah, you assist me, you defend me. So that is something that we all must understand. And after Ambiya, the greatest people are beloved Sahaba, the beloved students, companions of the Master. Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu sallam for Sahaba, we say, radiyallahu anhu majma'een, Allah is pleased with all of them. And when the people came and said the enemies are mobilizing, organizing an army, lakum you must fear them. So these are Sahaba, the companions, radiallahum, of the Master Sallallahu Imana. The Iman increased and verbally, orally they said Allah is sufficient for us. Allah is the best one to take care of our matters and our affairs and give our charity daily and Allah will make everything easy and regarding your marriage, whether you want to get married or you are married, then read Surah 25, Surah Furqan, verse number 74, Rabbana hablana min azwajina you Allah grant us spouses such progeny and children that are the coolness of the eyes and inshallah Allah will make everything easy for you Ustad it says uh, my mother always feels that since her sisters are wealthy they're supposed to help her they don't move this up can she feel entitled to other people's help or money if we are not so well off, Ustad. No, it's all a case of greed. You must remember that you're leading a comfortable life. You are not poor. You are middle class, according to the question. And your mother's siblings, that is your aunties, your uncles, whoever, they are well-to-do, they are millionaires. So there's no entitlement here. So for what are you entitled to? So Allah Ta'ala made a taqseem, a division, distribution. نَحْنُ قَسَمْنَا بَيْنَهُمْ 
maishatahum fil hayati dunya Allah made some play people very rich some people middle class some people poor all this is based on the wisdom of all Almighty Allah Jalla Wala so then you must not feel jealous you must not feel entitled why are you looking at their wealth look at the king of kings Almighty Allah speak to him Ya Allah give me from your unlimited treasures Ya Allah Surah 38 Chapter 38 Verse 35 Nabi Sulaiman Alayhi Salatu Salam After reconstructing Rebuilding Majidul Aqsa Various duas He supplicated Begged and petitioned Allah The first dua he made Chapter 38 Surah Swad Verse 35 Rabbi Habli Mulkallah Yambaghi Ahadim Min Ba'di Ya Allah Grant me such a Magnificent kingdom That you will not Grant anybody such a kingdom after me innaka antal wahhab you are the best of giver speak to Allah and say ya wahhabu ya wahhabu and you carry on with life and you don't go and complain by people and go ask by people all that is haram and you don't feel jealous of your siblings that also is haram somebody says on Friday Juma Salah the Mulala delivers the khutbah and in the khutbah he makes a dua in Arabic <coughs> during the khutbah ustad can the congregation say amen loudly to this or do we remain silent as it is not permitted to make a sound? And so, are we allowed to protect or retail store against possible looting? Ustad? So here there are three, four different questions. Question number one, the Jumma Khutbah, the Khutbah, the sermon on a Jumma, the Friday before the first Salat, must be said in Arabic. You can't say it in any other language. It's not permissible. And the person, if he delivers it in English, African, Zulu, or whatever, then it's a major, major sin. Second one, when the Imam, the Khatib, we call him, the person rendering the Khutbah, makes the Dua, in the ending of the second khutbah that says sunnah in Nabawiyah that is the teaching preaching of the master salam, that in the ending of the khutbah the dua should be made now the question should you say amin loudly softly this is a question of what is preferred Shafis and them say you say loudly is better Hanafis and them say you keep silent you say amin in your heart in your mind without tahrik shafatain without moving the lips so that is what is preferred and so forth third one you must remember this that for shutdown and for all these type of things you fearing looting and you fearing plundering and so forth so for that read Turaqat Salatul Hajjad daily read Surah Yasin and Quran Sharif daily make Tawbah Istighfar abundantly Allah will not punish a people and a nation as long as they engage in istighfar and read surah 12 surah yusuf verse 64 he almighty allah is the best of protectors and he almighty allah is the most merciful one to show mercy let's go overseas ustad somebody says here that uh, what is the purpose of an islamic marriage certificate ustad Remember, it is not the prerequisite. It's just that you go for Umrah, you go for Hajj, you go overseas. So sometimes they will tell you that where is the certificate because your surnames are different or the children's surname is different and so forth. So you just prove it that we are married and so forth. He's not your boyfriend, you're not his girlfriend and so forth. So it's just for administrative reasons. It's just for making life easier. But it's not a requirement or a sunnah and so forth. It's just because we live in Western countries and today there is no Islamic country in the world. All of them follow the kuffar system remember that so they are muslim countries with muslim majority but we don't have an islamic country where we can say that this is the role model of an islamic country and so forth so even in those countries sometimes they will want to ask you and so forth so it's just for legal purposes and just to make life easy there's a, a, a youngster who's 27 years of age and he says that his family is total, total against it. But Muftisab, the woman I want to get married, she's very rich. She's a rich woman. 
So he wants to know, is it good to marry a rich woman so I don't have to work anymore? I'm 27, she's 37 years old, Ustad. So what you going to do with the rest of your life? Sit on your laurels and think of Hadi and watch movies and all that? So where's your common sense? You must remember that what your family is telling you is 100% right. Second one, you will become her ghulam. You will become her slave and servant. She will say, stand. You will say, yes, yes, madam. She will say, sit. You will say, yes, madam. She will you speak <laughs> one word. She will say, Hey, you keep quiet. This house is mine. The sky is mine. The money is mine. So you will become a knocker, a slave of hers. Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu said, when you marry a lady just for a while, the hadith in Mustad Ahmad, then all Allah will humiliate and disgrace him. Not permissible for you to marry her and use your common sense also and listen to your family and become proactive and stop thinking the satanic thought I will sit here and become a parasite and a burden on her and use her money and sit on my laurels and think of Hadi in Islam thinking like that is unacceptable Usain I wanted to find out what the really is if a man tells his wife to leave him, him alone leave his life alone leave me alone and rather go to your mother's house does this constitute a first talaq Noting the man was angry and there were no witnesses involved to start. Remember this, whether this constitutes a talaq or not, got nothing to do with the witnesses. When a husband issues talaq, he is angry. So all these are not mitigating circumstances. The main criteria issue is this. When he told you, get out from here, leave me, go to your mother's house, all these words are called al-alfazul kinaya, which means that ambigu- ambiguous words. So we have to ask him, at the time when he uttered those words, and he must touch the Quran, that is not lying, and remember, did he make intention of talaq? So you got four or five different scenarios. Scenario number one, he says he made intention of one talaq, then one talaq takes place. Second scenario, he says he made intention of two talaq, the two talaq will take place. But remember that they can reconcile with a new nikah, with a new marriage, and because talaq a buy-in will take place. And then the third one, if he says that he made intention of three talaq, then they cannot remarry, they cannot reconcile. If he says, Wallahi, I did not make intention of talaq, and he's speaking the truth, then the marriage is still valid. Remember that. And fifth one, he says, no, he's blank. He doesn't remember and all that. And he's speaking the truth, then also the marriage will still be valid. So we need to know what was his intention. Hmm. All these other issues, there's no witnesses. That doesn't matter. Talaq is valid without witnesses. All that issue is very angry so talaq given in anger is valid nobody gives talaq while making love to his wife you know so remember these type of issues yeah we should not be confusing them and blowing our fuses in the process you must ask him and he must not lie tell him yes the quran put your hand on the quran you're not lying that how many intention did you make for talaq or did you not make intention so that is the main criteria Okay, the sister says, I sat in Iddat, ugly words were said to each other after my Iddat to start. So now for my two daughters' sake, should we get back or not, Mufti Sab? But now we're very cold to each other because ugly things were said. Only two talaks were issued. What Mufti Sab suggests, should I go back or not to start? Remember, if he wants you back and your father, your family members are happy about it, your parents especially, and you want to go back, then go back and remember a new nikah must be performed. But you must know, you and your ex-husband, that he only has one talaq left for the future. If the children are small and you feel that rather I go back, both sides will make mistakes and ask for mafi, talafi, ask forgiveness. You have your passion and you will deal with it compassionately. So you must remember that 
then it's better you reconcile. Quran Karim states, khair, reconciliation is the best. But if you fear you're just going to carry on like cats and dogs fight every day, and remember this will harm the welfare of the children and so forth, then it's better you stay separate, he stays separate. Quran Karim states, after talaq, your iddat is finished and so forth. As it is now, you are total strangers to one another. When talaq takes place, it did finish. Now Allah will make both of you independent of one another. So there Allah Ta'ala is telling you, don't put your place, your hopes on Him. That put your hopes and aspirations all on all Allah. Allah Jalla Wala will open up many, many avenues. If you are not going to reconcile with Him, your children, I'm not sure they are boys or girls, but let's take the situation. If it is a daughter or daughters, then from the time they are born till they get married, the owner's responsibility is on him. He must pay for everything. Their food, their clothing, their shelter, education, whatever you, medication. And if they are boys till the age of 15, 16, he has to pay. And if you're not reconciling and so forth and so on. So all this is mandatory, compulsory upon him to pay. And if you feel you want to get married and remember I told you you must be happy he must be happy your father and your family must be happy then you go ahead then inshallah Allah may care for the sake of the children but you both must behave like adults and not like spoiled brats you mm-hmm. must remember that every time going reverse gay, me me two 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 me me you said I said he said she said if you're getting married then look at the present and look at the future and get on with life don't go back to the past then again you will start the whole chakra and the whole mix up again listen to this one Ustad uh, I'm 25 years old my parents refused me to marry saying I'm very too young who will be sinful in this case me or my parents for obeying them don't blame me if I come at Zina, Mufti AK. You better speak to my parents, Anonymous Ustad. You must remember, we don't know why the parents are refusing. But if your story is correct and you are 25 years old and they say that no, you are too young, then the sin is on them and you don't have to listen to them then. If you get a good proposal, you go to your chacha, your kaka, your father's brother, or you go to your own brother who is 18, 20, 30 years old, take permission and you get married because they themselves have disqualified themselves, your parents. Allah forbid, if you commit zina, fornication, and so forth, you will get hundred lashes. The boy, he's not married, he will get hundred lashes. Mm. Quran Karim states, Surah 24, Surah Nur, verse 2, Fajlidu kulla wahidim minumam yatajalla, and the sun will be on them as well, the parents, because of their pride and arrogance that they don't want to get you married, and say 25 is young. What 25 is young? Mm. She should be married when she's 20, 21, 22. Mm. So, and you tell me when she'll get married, when she's 30, 35. Mm. So what the parents are doing here, if you are speaking the truth, is a great, great disservice to their daughter and children. Mm. Subhanallah. Somebody says here, I would like to remain anonymous. Can you please talk more about wife abuse and what are the signs? I am fed up, Mufti Sab. Ustad. We don't know what's really happening. You know, in the bliss of marriage, that we hear the story, and it's 99% of the time one side of the story, and we answer the questions as the questions are posed towards us. What is the other side? We don't know. But remember, in good faith, we answer the question. Now take this one. This lady, if you just listen to the question, so it seems superficially, apparently, manifestly, that her husband is assaulting her or her husband is verbally tormenting her or her husband is giving her a rough time and a tough time. 
So what advice must we give to our the husbands? We will say Surah 4, Chapter 4, Surah Nisa, verse number 19, 1, 9, And treat your wives with love, respect, and justice. Remember that to hit the wife, assault her, verbally swearing her, cursing her, all that in Islam is totally haram and not permissible. And look at the Sirah and Mustafa, Habibuna Sallallahu's own Hayat Taiba, his own Mubarak life and blessed life. Siddiqa Sayyida Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha states, Qawalan Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Khayrukum khayrukum li ahalikum wa ana khayrukum li ahali. The best of you are the best of you to your wives and your children. I, Habibuna, Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa am the best of my wives and my children. So it shows that is the precedent for humanity and posterity. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا The best role model for you is the master, Prophet Muhammad Mustafa Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thereafter, remember, if the husband is beating you up, assaulting you, my advice is don't waste time with the ulama, don't waste time with the jamiyats and all of them. We can't do anything. That we just make GGG, they're going to help you. You must go to the police station and lay a charge of assault, and then he must go to jail and let them panel beat him a little bit, then mm. he'll know what it is, and so forth. Remember this. So the problem is sometimes we give the advice, make sabr, make sabr, but then the wife becomes the punching bag, and she is on the receiving end, and that Islam does not allow. Islam is in the dina in the loyal Islam. Malik Yomiddin. Allah Jalla Wala is the sole possessor of the day of justice. So in the dina, verily Islam is a religion of social justice, political justice, economic justice. So that is what makes Islam so unique. And therefore, the non-Muslims, notwithstanding the fact there's so much propaganda, lies, fabrication spoken against Islam and Muslims, yet the people in their hundreds and thousands are gravitating, coming towards Islam because it has their natural beauty and magnet. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Somebody says, Dear Mufti Sab, I want to get married. How do I know if I can take the responsibility of marriage? Anonymous sister, Ustad. So, sister, you must remember you want to get married. So the owner's duty was on your parents, especially your mother, to prepare you for these responsibilities. Therefore, in the du'as and supplication we make daily, we're supposed to read Surah chapter 17, verse 24, Rabbir Hamhuma. Oh, beloved Allah, have mercy on my beloved parents. Kama Rabbayani, as they nurtured me, as they trained me, as they coached me, Sahira, whereas I was an infant, a baby, a child, growing up in my formative years. So that's the time your mother should prepare you to be a wife, to be a mother, to be an asset to your husband, to be an asset to your community, and so forth. Not prepare you that you sit on your laurels, play with your phone the whole time, watch the TV the whole time, play with TikTok and talk tick the whole time. So all the haram activities, remember these type of things here. So that is the problem today. We need to speak the truth. Our Muslim daughters today and Muslim sons, majority of them, 60, 70, 75%, are spoiled brats. Let me be honest with you. They are spoiled brats. Remember that. In Mammon, we say that. You can't tell them, do this. You can't tell them, don't do that. Because the parents have said, now in the weekend I was there 
in the Midlands, there's one poor person. I told them, the parents, I said that what you are doing, remember, you're not doing a service to your daughter. You are doing a disservice to your daughter by making them just spoiled brats what you are. You must get your daughters up and awake. They must start sweeping the house. They must start cleaning the house. They must know how to make the parrot for samosa. They must know all these things here. They can't even cook after they're married. So what you doing then? You know a hungry man is an angry man. So now everything she's going to phone, dial a roti, dial a akni, dial a patata, a potato. No, you must know all these things here. So that is the function and the duty of the mother. <laughs> Do you know how to wash clothes? Do you know how to iron? These are five, six basic questions. You can't be dependent on the maid every day. The maid don't come. Why shut down? Because of strike. What you will do then? So you must prepare all the things here. If you take our daughters today, they don't even know how to iron the clothing on their own. <laughs> they don't even know how to wash. You must remember these type of things here. So all these are things you must learn from a young age so that when you are getting married, then you will not be stranded and you will not be left in the lurch. Always remember that. Allahu Akbar 25 minutes to 12 We go for an interval When we come back Inshallah We will continue With the bliss of marriage Stay tuned Marcus Sahaba The voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jamaa Marcus Sahaba The voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jamaa well, it's uh, 11.39, uh, so can tell me it's a beautiful, mashallah, Tuesday morning here in uh, Lanesia. Listen to this one, Ustad. I am very disappointed in Mufti AK. A lot of people want help in their marriages, but Mufti AK says we don't help no one. What type of Mufti are you? So disappointed in you. My daughter is also disappointed in you. She's married to a shaitan, to an evil man, and then you tell us we can't help you. Anonymous Ustad. You see, it's very easy to distort the words. We tell you that ask your question like here on the radio and we will answer you. But what you want, you want, we must, we must allow you to come here mm. and then we must sit hours and hours. We don't have the time. You go to the Jamiyats, they got special departments for this. So I'm being honest with you. When I was in Dalum, Newcastle, 20 years I was in Newcastle, people wanted there. I said, there's Mohsema, you go there. 17 years I was with CII, people want, I say, you go to your Jamiyat's ulama. So what wrong is that I'm asking mm. you? Do you want, I must sit day and night and listen to all your people's panchat? You're not even honest to yourself. You know what's happening to you. You're looking for a scapegoat. Mm. The marriage is not working out. Now you don't know what to do. So now blame Mufti AK. For what you to blame me? It's like that the husband, the crackpot, he took the three bullets, he shot the person, he shot the three talak, and when we told him the marriage is broken, they say, yeah, AK broke my marriage. How can AK break your marriage when you issued the talak? Mm. So don't come blame me here, sister. Remember this, I'm telling you that when you ask your question, we'll give you the advice. But if you want to come here and talk here, I don't have time for all that, and it's not my responsibility. Remember, you go to all these jamiyats, they got departments, they're getting paid for all this, they got social workers and all that, you go make all your panchat there. Mm. So don't come blame me for your failures and look for a scapegoat. Well said, Ustad. Somebody says, uh, I bought some skincare products overseas. It has elements from the Dead Sea. Am I allowed to use it, Ustad? Not permissible. Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the ninth year of the Hijrah, Sahaba, the announcement was made. Every male who is able, capable, must participate in this battle. It was the ninth year of the Hijrah. It was the month of Rajab. If you look at Gregorian calendar, it was June, July. It was the time when the dates were ripe, ripe, ripe. The Durutab were smiling in their faces. 30,000 Sahaba, they had the men, they assembled, they got uh, mobilized, organized themselves. Now, logistical nightmare, who is going to pay for all of them? Sayyidina Usman radiallahu came and made the greatest contribution. Sayyidina Omar came, gave half his wealth. Sayyidina Abakar gave all his wealth. All this during the campaign and the Battle of Tabuk. 
Then they went. You must remember this. Now to go to Tabuk, they had to pass Madain Salih, the place where Nabi Salih's people and nation they were, you must remember, cursed and punished by Almighty Allah. Fakazabuhu, they rejected Salih alayhi salam. Fakaruha, and they hamstrung and they killed the she camel. Fadam dama alayhim rabbum. Just look at the word dam dama. Allah ta'ala crushed them, annihilated them. Fadam dama alayhim rabbuhum bidam bihim. Because of their vices and sins, fasawaha. Allah flattened them completely. So then Mustafa sallallahu sahaba were passing there and Nabi sallallahu said this is a mu'adzab area, a place where Allah Ta'ala's punishment descended. So go through quickly through this place. فَإِلَّمْ تَبْكُوا If you can't cry, then make your face like that of a crying person. It's not a place of entertainment, a place of fun and so forth. So I went there. If you go and see for Ibra and so forth, it's fine. But today what the Saudi regime, Kafir regime, we must say, are doing, that they're turning this whole place into a tourist place and they want the non-Muslims to come there, Muslims to come there. They got the women half naked and taking photos there and all that for the women magazine. So all this totally haram. So you go to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea and around that area is called Sodom and Gomorrah. So there is where the people committed the crime of sodomy, homosexuality, the gay community. Nabi Lut made dua against them, crying, petitioning all Allah. Chapter 29, verse 30. O Almighty Allah, assist me against the troublemakers and the mischief makers. Allah Jalla Wala send the rain. Not the rain of water. فَأَمْتَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ حِجَارَةً مِّنْ سِجِّيلٍ And then مُسَوَّمَةً in the Rabbik. And Allah Ta'ala told Jibreel alayhi salam and instructed him, Take that piece of land and فَجَعَلْنَا عَالِيَهَا سَافِلَهَا And smash it, pick up the piece of land and smash it. To the ground. So when you go there, I've been there four or five times. So with Allah's help, Allah's mercy. So you see the altitude is the lowest on the earth to show people a lesson. When you commit this crime of homosexuality, even the land and sand will curse you. The water is telling you a story, Al-Bahrul Mayyid, the Dead Sea. So much salt content, nobody can, you must remember, survive there. So, therefore, to use all these things, their ingredients from there, haram is not permissible. Somebody says if a couple was married, Ustad, meher given, and one month after, the boy finds out that the girl is attracted to another girl, and leaves him, takes everything. What happens with the meher that he gave her? Parent said she was going to a dark tunnel. Must we leave the meher with her? Marriage didn't last one month to start. You must remember this. Look at the chronological events, the events in sequence. So, and this about the previous one, if you take it from a political perspective, economic perspective, you're buying all these things there, this lotion and mm. the soap and all that. Who are you supporting? You support the Israeli apartheid terrorist Nazi regime. So you must remember these type of things there. So the Palestinians, they are suffering there. And these Haramis, you must remember you supporting them. So rather, and from Islamic point also, it's not permissible. So take that also into consideration. Let's look at this one. Your son, he looked at that woman and he thought she's a very good lady for him. So they got married. He paid the mahar, one Kruger coin or whatever. I'm just giving an example. And thereafter, that he, he fulfilled the conjugal rights, everything, he had his fun and games with her. And now that she said, me, I'm not interested in you. She wants Madam and Eve business, not Adam and Eve business, you see. She's more lesbian tendencies. So he divorced her and so forth. So finish. The mahar is gone. You can't demand it back. All the money, the clothing, everything you gave her. Finish, you can't take anything back. Dalil, evidence in the Quran itself. Surah 4, verses 20, 21. 
You gave your wife millions. Millions, Kintara means. Million dollars, million rands, million rupees, million pounds, whatever it is, cash or kind. Now you gave talaq. You're not allowed to take back anything. Totally, totally haram. Mm. So remember, you want to cast allegations against her. This is a manifest, major, major sin. Allah is saying, chapter 4, verses 21, 22, all this, go open and see, 2021. 20. You enjoyed all her, you deflowered her, you, you took her virginity away, all these things here. وَقَدْ أَبْضَى بَعْدُكُمْ إِلَى بَعْدٍ وَأَخَذْنَ مِنْكُمْ مِيثَاقًا And she took from you a solemn pledge. So forget it. A bad chapter in history. Ek talakhta juruba. If you know good Urdu, then the translation reads, Yeto ek talakhta juruba. One terrible, horrible experience it was. So next time when you get married, go make proper mashura and see that it must be a real saliha, pious lady, not yet they just face skin and green, green eyes and brown, brown hair and so forth. Say, ah, I to borupariche. This one is very beautiful. Sometimes our boys, they just look for beauty and no brains and no piety. Then you bring about disaster upon yourself. Respectable Mufti Saab, is there such a thing in Islam as marriage of convenience? A man and woman has made nikah, she works and he works as well. She's expected to pay for electricity and food. There is no intimacy at all. But yet, she looks after him. Is this right to start? Obviously, it's wrong. So both of you are guilty. He is guilty. You must remember that why, why is he not fulfilling her rights? Whether when you got married, the roti, kapra, makan, the shelter, the food, the clothing, medication, all that is the responsibility of the husband. You, the wife, it is your, uh, you also at fault. Why you don't seduce him, fulfill his rights and so forth and so on. So both of you just show one another your back. You sleep facing the right wing and he sleep facing the left wing. And then are you going to get together and so forth? You must remember that. And there's no such thing that you must pay the electricity. You must pay for the water lights and so forth. There's no such thing like that. He must pay for everything, you must remember. It doesn't mean that you are a rich lady or you are working, so you have to pay for the expenses. Whether working, not working is permissible. That you know our fatwa, we say for women to work outside, all that not permissible. But that irrespective of that, for him to impose upon you that you have to pay for A, B, C, X, Y, Z, and that, that all that is not permissible in Islam. So both of you are guilty. So you must behave like a husband and wife, grown-up adults, and not mm. small, small, small children here that, you know, who are spoiled brats and so forth. You do A, I'll do B. You do X, I'll do Y. Like, no. So marriage is a partnership. It's not a dictatorship. So both of you must know your roles and your responsibility. Somebody says, how can a person be out of the fold of Islam if he speaks good about LGBT? He only speaks good. How can he be out of the fold of Islam? My husband is so angry with Mufti Saab. Ustad. So, well, so if you angry with me, you're angry with Allah Ta'ala. You're angry with Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If a person promotes it, advocates it, say it's very nice. So if your daughter gets married to another girl, it's very nice. That's what you're trying to say. Your son gets married to a boy, so that's very nice. That's what you are saying. Say what's wrong with it. So remember, your people's minds are warped, you must remember. <laughs> and if you try and justify it, you also out of the fold of Islam. Yeah, you must remember that, that Islam, we don't carry favor with people. People were reading Salat with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. People were fasting with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. People were performing Taraweeh with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And remember, but it was only lip service. 
In their heart, they did not have iman. They liked the kufr lifestyle. Hum lil kufri yawma is in aqrabu min hum lil iman. Quran says that they were nearer to kufr compared to iman. So when you like the kafir, non-Muslim lifestyle of LGBT and then, then you go join them. You kafir straight out of the fall of Islam. So you must remember, we are not here to bootleg anybody. We are here to propagate, to propagate the true Islam and defend Islam. So you must remember Remember that if you eating haram meat, drinking haram things, and then you think like a harami, like a kafir and non-Muslim, this is not my problem that. So you must remember that your minds are warped because the whole day and night you play with your phones. You watch the movies where they glorify fornication, adultery, gay business, lesbian business, being queer and being transgender. And now they bombard you, so now you start accepting it. Nay, in Islam, we will never accept it. Any person who promotes it and says it's okay is out of the fall of Islam. Allahu Akbar. She says, but the alim speaking good of it. The alims that speak. alim is not alim. If any alim speak good of it, he also is murtad and out of the fall of Islam. Allahu Akbar, Ustad. Is it permissible for a person who has never done his aqiqah to perform the aqiqah and serve the meat, Ustad, at his or her walima? Hanafi madhab, Ustad. You must remember that when a person is born, the baby is born, Today is Tuesday, and you gave birth, so next week, Monday, is Yom Asabi, that is the seventh day. So you must remember, in a case like that, what will we say? So we will say that it is the Sunnah, for a boy, two goats or two sheep, for a girl, one goat or one sheep, so that is Sunnah. But for some reason, the parents didn't do it, the financial circumstances, or it was laziness, or whatever. Now that youngster is 18, 20, 25 years old. Now he says, okay, I want to make my own aqiqah. So is it permissible after buluh, after the age of majority and becoming baligh, then there's no aqiqah, according to the Shafis and them. Hanafi say, if you are 20, 30, 50 years old and you want to make your aqiqah because you're sure it was not done or you got doubt and you do it, so then it is permissible. So what you are suggesting will be permissible. You make your aqiqah and you serve that meat in your walima. So all that is fine. is no problem according to the Hanafi school. <laughs> Example. There is a person, Tom, Dick, and Harry, Tom, Dick, and Mary, and now he or she embraces Islam. So just today, I, somebody sent me a clip that once you have said he's got a friend, Muslim guy says he got a friend, non-Muslim friend. So that non-Muslim used to say that that person, whoever it was, you know, he's such a great person and does and that. So that person told him, the Muslim, that leave that person, listen to the radio, to the morning program. And he started listening. So now he sent a message today. He said, now that person said, I want to become Muslim. Make me Muslim today and today. So remember, I told him, you go to the masjid, go to the madrasa, go to the jamiyat, whoever, and tell them they make him Muslim and give him literature or whatever you and so forth. So that is our function. You must remember this. So that person embraced Islam. But he's 20, 30, 40 years old. Shafis and them will say there's no akika on him. Hanafis will say, yes, he still should, he should do the akika. He should circumcise all that circumcision. Everybody agrees. So remember that for the male. And in that way, there you do the akika. So 100% is permissible. No problem. Listen to this one, Ustad. In a heated argument, my wife took my gun and pointed at me. I got shocked. Can I divorce her? I need an answer, yes or no, Mufti Sab, it's urgent, or else I will take her to court to start. So now, why you don't give the whole question? Mm. You see, you men also, you will give the witter salat and nafil salat. <laughs> you don't tell us what happened Isha time and what happened before that. You must tell us what happened before mm. that. What made you, what did you tell your wife or what did you do to your wife? And she knows where your gun is. So she pulled out the AK and lucky she didn't pull out the AK-47, you see. And now then you saw that, then you pulled out your AK-255. You started reading Aital Kursi. 
because you thought it's your last moment. So that is how you must pose the question. Don't come po- 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 pose a question that is loaded in your favor. Can I give a talaq? Can I go to court? You took nonsense with all these type of things there. No woman will pull a gun for you unless you provoked her to do that. You did something really <laughs> made them mad, you know, and she had so much guts to pull that gun for you. So both of you ask one another. So she just the wife message says, Muftis up, I'm his wife messaging you. He's lying to you. He's busy chatting with my sister. Stop you it. see, I told you, you Stop. did something. You must remember mm. that. And we know that much that you're not honest, you know. So you'll just want the verdict in your favor. <laughs> and then you will say, Mufti AK said like that. So yeah, I'm telling you, lucky she didn't pull that gun for you. You must, sure. you must go ask her mouth and your ties and relationship and chatting with her sister, absolutely haram and so forth. You should ask her for forgiveness. So my advice to both parties, both of you grow up, make forgive one another, and you, sister, you must tell your your sister, mm. she must stay out, otherwise mm. for real, you will pull the gun for her, and that will be the <laughs> end of her history and geography and everything for her. You must know you are not a small lady. You're a big shot who got AK-255. Plus you got AK-47. <laughs> you are pitskit. You must remember that you just want to bulala. You just want to shoot them. You must remember this type of thing. So this is the reality. See how the question is posed and what the reality is. That's what I'm saying. You must. They don't speak the truth. That lady who's complaining, we don't want to help them. That is what happens. People are not honest. You must remember that 90%, 80%. The lady will tell you stories and it will be slanted in her favor. The husband will tell you his stories. Therefore, I say, it's not two sides to the story. It's three sides to the story. Now, where we got time for all this here? So you must go to them, to the Jamias. They get paid for all these jobs there. So go sit there. They will listen to all you people and chat and all these things there. Okay, so we end of the story now. So let us give you the rundown for this, uh, for this afternoon. So 12 o'clock, inshallah, news with Brother Suleiman Esop. And thereafter, inshallah, from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock will be Mona Ilyas Patel, preparation for Ramadan. 1 o'clock, Zor Azan. And then Tafsir Sula Alaq. And that is Iqra Bismi and verses 4 to 10 today, inshallah. 132 Surah Qiyamah, chapter 75, verses 11 to 19. Then remember, 2 to 3 current affairs with Brother Yusuf Ali. Then 3 to 3.45 will be the Q&A of this morning, the repeat, and then the Dua by Sheikh Saad al-Ghamidi. Then 4 to 5, Mufti Ahmad Khan Puri, that Salam Karna. So keep on making Salam, 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 that build the Rishta, and you will get the Farishta's qualities. So make Salam to all your brothers, sisters, all of them. Not strange ladies now and strange men. Okay, so that will be 4 to 5. 5 to 7, Mona Khalid Yaqub. 7 to 7.30, the repeat of today's tafsir. 7.30 to 8, Mona Dawood Siddhat would say the Umar radiallahu an. 8 to 10, Brother Shafat Ahmad Khan would month after dinner. And then 10 o'clock, you must remember, to 12 will be the repeat of Sunday's Q&A with Hafiz Hussein Wadi. So 10 to 12. So wonderful lineup. Allah Ta'ala accept us all. Mm. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.